0: so jordan's you know en route to a triple double mm-hmm. and i don't know if uh if you saw while it was going on but man they're like everyone's doing everything they can right to get him that last rebound yes but walker is blocking shots <laughs> and it turns out that walker kessler did not know that jordan was going for a triple double until walker came oh, out that's of the game
1: so perfectly on brand <laughs> That rule. That's so funny. Good for Walker for hearing more about the game than individual stats.
0: Lowry was like, Walker came out of the game and he looks up and he goes, oh, Jordan's got nine rebounds.
1: Hilarious.
0: Incredible stuff.
1: You think Walker. he was just mad that that Jordan had more rebounds than him?
0: Uh, he, w- he was very, very self-deprecating about it last night. He's like, what did I have, zero offensive rebounds? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, and Jordan had two. And he's like Better well there you go together. yeah uh sweet sweet boy walker kessler all right let's do this show did you go to any jazz games uh, yeah a lot Kobe Bryant, <laughs> a yeah when i know by my significant amount of research that it isn't
1: um that was a masterpiece of dog shit
0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah jazz podcast with me, Sarah Todd, jazz beat reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, my co-host, Greg Foster. Greg, today, I'd like to welcome the parishioners of the Church of Jordan Clarkson of Latter-day Buckets.
1: Hallowed be his name.
0: We are here in his name to celebrate... 20 points, 11 assists and 10 rebounds. Amen.
1: I was in college. I was in my senior year of college. Lots of people go to school for as long as I did. It's fine. The last time a Utah Jazz man had a Colin
0: double. Colin's daughter was not alive.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm very close to 40 years old. Uh and that's that's how long ago it was
0: there have been more there have been more than 1200 triple doubles in the nba i saw a
1: stat that kind of blew my mind that every other team in the nba in that 15 year span had at least 10 separate triple correct. doubles recorded correct wild
0: yeah correct
2: all the, right and, uh, greg i want to do something really quickly here with you I sure. play a little game uh-huh. um can you name the last, uh let's say, five players to uh have a triple double for the Utah Jazz before Jordan Clarkson?
1: Are we are we counting the Ricky Rubio? I mean, I, performance.
2: I think no, simply no, because it seems like so no regular, one else is, yeah. even though that's so more a more important triple double.
1: I I concur. <laughs> I agree. So we're just talking regular seasons. So mm-hmm. Obviously Carlos Boozer. Boozer Carlos right? Boozer in
2: 2008,
1: yeah. Uh it's got to be Andre Karolinko. He
2: had the he had 3 two in 2006, 1 in 2007,
1: yeah. Man, I really want to say Gordon Hayward but I know that's not right cuz he Gordon played Hayward no. is
2: not correct. It's no, before uh, 2006. 2006.
1: Uh I mean the guy who comes to mind is is Raja Bell.
2: No Raja Bell. I'm sorry. Also, no, Darren, Matt yeah, sorry. No, no Matt Harpering. Yeah,
1: no Matt Harpering. I don't think Darren Williams ever got a triple-double nope. either.
0: Did Eaton get one with
1: blocks?
2: Eaton Eaton, Eaton. has several. Eaton yeah. had three in 1985.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, I, think, I think Karl Malone had a couple. Karl
2: Malone had three between 99 and 96.
1: And then, I mean, Stockton had to have Stockton had, a had the one in yeah.
2: 2001. So okay. you're just... You have one more if we're going to five. And I'll tell you, it happened 4-22-1984 against the uh, Denver Nuggets team that would score like 185 points a game.
1: Yeah. Was it like, was it Daryl Griffith?
2: No, no Daryl Griffith. It is a was- guy I would not remember um right is it ricky green it is ricky green let's
1: go, <laughs> let's go.
2: Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> the fastest of them all ricky green well done oh uh, that was uh, such a shot in the dark
2: <laughs> also also uh after ricky green danny shays adrian dantley gail goodrich yeah. and pete maravich
1: yeah those all um, yeah yeah I would definitely have thought that it would have been uh, that Merovich would have been on there as well as Dantley. That's cool. What a, that was fun last night. I had a good time watching that game. Like there have not been a ton of bright spots this season for the Utah what? Jazz. Not a ton.
0: <laughs> there have been a few. Huh? No way. <laughs> this Utah Jazz. <laughs> yeah. What play, playoffs? Uh, I I turned to Andy Larson last night. I think I think that it was in the third quarter. I don't totally remember, but I was like, oh, Jordan's Jordan's got a uh, like seven assists and five rebounds. And and uh, Andy was like, nah. And I was like, I don't know. There's a lot of time. And then I could not have finished my sentence within one second where he grabbed the sixth rebound. And I was like, oh, Oof. and yeah, uh,
1: he had seven going into the fourth quarter, right?
0: Yeah, I think yeah. he had uh, and like eight to six, or he or he picked up the seventh, maybe uh, at like ten twenty two. I think of the fourth, something like that. So yeah. real early. Oh man, he it was like it was the most legitimate. Like when we were watching it, because we've been waiting for this to happen right for mm-hmm. years. Um, the reporters, we've all every time something gets close, we're like, oh, 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 oh are we getting oh, yeah, ready to you- do it tonight? <laughs>
1: Yeah, because I remember uh, Donovan had a couple games where he had, like, nine rebounds or nine assists. Yeah. And then Donovan
0: Qu- was really close a couple times. Quinn pulled Quinn him. Quinn pulled him. <laughs> uh, Quinn pulled Rudy when he had nine blocks one mm-hmm. night. Uh, Hassan Whiteside weirdly got close one time. Yeah, he had, like, eight or nine blocks in a game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's happened many times where it was close, um, but... It, but like Jordan had so much time left when he got yes. close that so it was like this is the most legitimate chance this yeah. could be it and yeah, when he got
1: that when he got he got that tenth assist pretty early and then he like got like his eighth or ninth rebound I remember I was texting I've got a little group chat with some friends yeah. all of us are you know basketball nerds and he's like it's gonna happen he's gonna he's gonna really do this thing I remember because I remember watching that game in 2008 when Boozer got the triple double (laughs) and like again, senior year of of college.
0: Incredible, incredible that it was so, so interesting. There's like so many, so many storylines. I'm going to hit them all. Um, Mm -hmm. Jordan Clarkson joined uh, Jordan Clarkson. First of all, 15 years old when uh, Boozer got his triple double. And nearly 15 years later is when the triple-double is broken by Jordan Uh Clarkson, who was drafted in 2014, so a decade ago, Uh to the Los Angeles Lakers to be teammates with Carlos Boozer.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I forgot he did play for the Lakers. That's so weird.
0: (laughs) Um, And then Boozer texted Jordan last night right after the game and said congrats on the triple-dub. Very funny. Also, that it happens against the Dallas Mavericks, who Luka Doncic is a triple-double is nothing to him. He literally the last time they played, he literally had a triple-double in the first half. (laughs) Like it was they the Mavericks didn't totally understand why everyone was so excited and they were celebrating the triple-double so much because like they're used to seeing them all the time. And like we said, there have been 1,200 triple doubles in the NBA since Carlos Boozer. Yeah. Not one of them has gone to the Jazz.
2: Tim Is Hardaway's like, Tim Hardaway's dad, uh, I believe, got a triple double one time with turnovers <laughs> for playing for the Golden <laughs> yeah. State Warriors. I'm pretty sure that's true. I think he had 12 turnovers in a game.
1: Incredible. Um, I mean, Incredible. come on. I mean, the Utah Jazz invented the screen assist. To try to get a triple double. Simply to do, simply to try to get Rudy
0: Gobert triple double.
1: Um, That's how dire the straights were for a decade and a half.
0: The fact that Will Hardy left Jordan in and Will's got Keontae, or Jordan was asking Keontae George to go box out Josh Green. Uh, (laughs) Like, Omer yurt seven luka shamanich are all on the floor being told to box out that's their only directive Luke,
1: on the honestly on that 10th
0: rebound huge credit to luka absolutely
1: yeah Te- textbook block out yeah it yeah. didn't go for the rebound knew knew where jordan was incredible court awareness
0: i love will hardy screaming at, at jordan clarkson during the timeout go get up a- rebound so i could sit your ass, your down. ass down god damn <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted so badly it was very funny last night to hear will be like listen i don't want to be the guy that ruins the party like i know that i would have been the most hated guy in the building if i would have pulled i knew i knew what was happening and so i just told him get a rebound and call a timeout please <laughs> very
1: I very it funny was, it was funny to see such a collective effort but like almost everyone in the stadium too it almost felt like i mean i don't want to say the mavericks were in on it but they weren't exactly they were missing a lot of shots (laughs) they were also taking really bad
0: shots yeah they were (laughs) it's i mean and also i mean huge credit to the jazz fans uh in the building last night because uh the jazz led by as many as 39 points and the fans stayed because usually they are trickling out if it's, you know, that much of a blowout. But they completely stayed and like lost it when Jordan got the triple double.
2: Yeah, that was just it was just fun. I really I love it for Jordan.
0: Yeah. Like if
2: I a great end to Jordan Clarkson's jazz career yeah. when he gets <laughs> yeah, traded to the I Knicks in two, two weeks. <laughs> yeah.
0: I knew you were going
1: to say that. God damn it. <laughs> Will was saying last night, like,
0: you know, if you could pick anyone on the team to do it, like you would have picked Jordan, like he's the one that deserved it. Right. Uh, And he's I mean, I know that Jordan still has the reputation of being, you know, it's Jordan Clarkson time. Right. But he has truly, truly changed his game more than almost anyone on this roster has been asked to. Like when he came over from the Cavs uh, for Quinn Snyder, I mean, Quinn straight up told him, like, I know you like shooting mid-range shots. You are not allowed to do it anymore. Like and he took away the part of his game where Jordan had kind of made his bread and butter like getting on that Lakers squad uh-huh. and he was like you can shoot at the rim or you can take a three-pointer and you can take as many of those shots as you want to. Uh but you're not allowed to take anything from the mid-range and he nearly completely cut them out. And then Will Hardy takes over and he's like I need you to average like almost 5 assists a night. And jordan clarkson's like okay i'll do it like he he just changes when he's asked to and he's the longest tenured jazz player right now like he's he's the fun guy on this team he's like we've said many times over like he's the most marketable guy he's a fan favorite it was great for jazz fans to have that
1: it's also really weird and it's something i would love to talk to jordan about because you know when he came came over he was still you know relatively young and had this like reputation as being a gunner and you know of course the it's jordan clarkson time which well deserved yeah um to now seeing him go through this evolution you know and change his game and become more of a distributor and like much more of a team player and also having you know a more veteran role right on this team and i would love to i'd love to hear his perspective on what it took You know, whether it was just time or, you know, the reps in the gym or whatever, that has allowed him to succeed in these multiple different roles.
0: Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to talk to him about it now. I talked to him about it a little bit last year when Will was starting to ask him to do that a little bit. And he was like, he was like, you know, if I'm being honest, like for years, no one asked me to pass the ball. Yeah. I remember you saying that. Yeah. And he was like, so when you have the coaches that are just telling you, shoot, 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 that's what you're going to do. And if they would have asked me to do something different, I would have tried, but no one ever asked me to do that before.
1: And that's what happens. You get mentored, mentored by Kobe, I
0: guess.
2: <laughs> it's just that Mamba mentality.
0: Mamba mentality, baby. Yeah. Hashtag Mamba mentality.
2: Um
0: yeah, I think anything else we want to say on the Jordan Clarkson triple double. I think I just it deserves its its breathing room. You it know? ruled. Yeah. It was very
2: cool. It,
0: it absolutely rules. It did. I Although think, uh, you
2: know. I do sort of, as a non-jazz fan, I do sort of feel bad that how little respect Ricky Rubio's playoff triple-double has gotten in the conversation. Agreed. <laughs> he had a triple-double think... in the playoffs in 2018. Not only that,
1: but <laughs> I, was, I was at that game, and it wasn't just that he had a triple-double. It's the fact that he thoroughly outplayed Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Who, right and Ricky Rubio won that game for the Utah Jazz. Right. Because he turned that game into a competition with Russell Westbrook and Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook shot the thunder out of that game.
0: I think that Rubio's triple-double in the playoffs would be a bigger deal if it hadn't been 15 years yeah. since, since a regular sure, season absolutely. one, right? Like yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. the it's just the weirdness of that yeah. drought that makes yeah. that honestly lessens ricky ricky it's Rubio's just program.
2: a weird thing to sort of ignore to yeah you know, to get a bigger number uh you know like, which great right. big number everybody loves numbers I mean, no but
0: <laughs> even if we include that though right like it's the fact that the jazz yeah. have only had one playoff triple double <laughs> since whenever right it's just yeah
1: it's I would still love to know. Wild. I have to, i'd have to go back and check when the last playoff triple double was before well, Ricky Rubio.
0: Right, before Ricky Rubio. Joey, you on that?
1: Um, I'm
2: looking. My guess
1: is my guess is that it's Andre Kirilenko, but again, that's just a guess.
2: Um, no, the Kirilenko ones were in November, March. Oh, the March one might be. they played Sacramento in the playoffs in 2006, yeah. right? Yeah, that's that's probably it. It's the Kirilenko 325 2006. Mm-hmm. um the Karl Malone one was in may 99 okay so that was still definitely... that's
0: that is an incredibly small amount
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah except that's... that was against the clippers i don't think that's in the playoffs even though it's in may i don't think it you know looking at these i don't think they had a playoff triple double except for that ricky rubio one huh. looking at these dates okay makes it worse yeah yeah <interesting. laughs> I mean, maybe, uh, I mean, again, I'm just doing it by dates. No, the Stockton one is in the playoffs against Dallas. Nice. Um,
0: it's one it, of the one of the few times that I was rooting on press row also, like, and yeah. I wasn't the only one we were all like every time he had an assist or a rebound, like we were all standing up and we were like, it's going to happen. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, mostly we're rooting for the story, right? Because we're like, right. oh, we've we've had this pre-written for four years. <laughs> so uh, just absolutely excellent stuff. So glad that it happened to Jordan. Uh, and And it totally ruled, too, because I think. Outside of the last two rebounds, which I think that they were really, I mean, it was obvious. They were really trying to give those ones to him. Everything happened within, like, the course of the game. Uh Within the flow of the game. Like, Jordan earned every bit of it, so.
2: I would love to know when you're Jordan Clarkson, like, that kind of, like, a guy who doesn't get a lot of rebounds. Like, what rebound number are you like, oh, I could get a triple-double here.
0: Well, Jordan was saying last night, he was like, I didn't think it was going to happen even when I had 9.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he was like
0: <laughs> he was like I was surprised to get the ninth one and then like it just it was like, you know, there's 5 minutes left and then there's 4 and it's like, oh, it might actually not happen.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Well,
1: as as the uh the leader of the Church of Jordan Clarkson of Latter Day Buckets. I my faith never wavered.
0: No, never. I hope that um I hope all of all of the parishioners today are uh, are just are feeling feeling the light within. Amen. Amen. The we Jazz see. have uh, been playing well. Eight of eleven. Eight of eleven. Seven What's of changed? Eight, seven of eight at home. There's something that's different.
1: Well there's a lot we can talk about but there's there there's there's one <laughs> 6 foot 5 235 pounds uh I don't want to say elephant in the room cuz that sounds really mean but <laughs> elephant in the room
0: Taylen Horton Tucker's not playing anymore
1: Taylen takes End a of seat. podcast
0: not I think I, it is, it, I don't like to be mean to people, right? Like, I don't want to be mean to Talon, but like it has to suck for Talon to see the correlation, right?
1: Sure. I mean, and it's, yeah, and there, there is a direct correlation to that, you you know, I think, And it's not as if Talon didn't have ample opportunity. Absolutely, he did. He was the starting point guard at the beginning of the season. And he was getting, there were times he was playing 35 minutes a night and closing games and went from the two guard to the point guard. And like, there's been so many chances for this kid and he hasn't been able to take advantage.
0: And, And on the other side of that, when opportunity has been given to Chris Dunn, Uh, I mean, him and Walker Kessler, who are like two non-shooting guys playing together on the court, they have like the best plus minus pairing on the court because Chris Dunn has been playing great. Uh, He's also a really good defender. He's really good. Uh, Colin Sexton has all of the direction that Talon should have probably taken to change his game. It looks like Colin has taken that direction.
1: Yeah. Well, and he's taken that step. Yeah. Colin seems more than just about anyone this season seems to have found his footing.
0: And that's one of the biggest questions that we had coming into the season. It's like, right. where does Colin fit in? Where, where does he fit into this like equation at all? Yeah. And the reason it was such a big question is because like, can he, can he slow down? Can yeah. he pass the ball? And the fact that he has learned to like slow down and pick and roll and actually you know, kick back to the three-point line or kick out to the corner. Uh, I mean, just playing straight up pick and roll with Walker or Kelly or John. And you
1: know what else he's doing a really good job of? Dying? Dying. (laughs) Joey's dying. Sorry. Finding the Utah Jazz's best player. Yes. Yeah. Like He's done a really good job of just getting the ball to Lowry in. Yes. I thought I I, was really interesting to me. uh, The jazz broadcast had John Crotty on Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of games ago and he was talking about the next step for Lowry marketing and being a guy who you can throw the ball to, and he can create his own shot, something like 70 to 80% of, of Lowry's field goals come off
2: assists. Right. Yeah. Um, John Crotty is such a weird person to have on the. I know jazz legend <laughs> the though. broadcast. What jazz is legend happening?
0: John yeah. Crotty. Yeah. Jazz legend.
1: He lives in my. I mean, he lives in Miami and was was on the game during the heat. Rock, like during the heat game, I don't so know why weird. he was in town, but uh, excellent stuff. Really fun. Uh, <laughs> very strange, but very fun. He's uh, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a, like a local legend.
2: And next you know? week, John Amici coming on to. <laughs>
1: Dude, some of the yeah. I, I don't know so much about Amici. He he <laughs> didn't have the rosiest relationship with the jazz organization.
0: It's it's funny, out of all the of all the teams that I've covered, I mean three, right? Uh yeah. jazz fans are definitely the ones who name guys the most.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, we are uh, remembering some guys. As yeah, fan
0: base. <laughs> yeah, like I and maybe it, maybe it's just because the other the other teams maybe had a little bit more success. I don't know, yeah. but like it it seems like um, yeah, jazz fans are are the ones who just remember their guys. Well, I
2: would <laughs> yeah. actually argue it's the opposite, where the Golden State Warriors and the Philadelphia seventy six ers basically have like uh, a like bummers and then like three teams you really want to remember where the jazz it's like that's fair it's like 20 years of like consistent like even when they like
0: right like 20 years of just being like good
2: yeah yeah they
0: they made
1: (laughs) the playoffs for like two straight decades (laughs) yeah they never won a title but like there was a lot of games won
2: the sixers it's like well there's the uh no one's Then yeah. there's the Allen Iverson team, and then there's the process, uh, which is right. just a weird question mark. In the Warriors, it's like, okay, there were three guys you want to remember. It's like Jason Richardson, yeah. It's Run TMC <laughs> and Run then TMC. Steph Curry. That is the entirety yeah. of their. Because even like the Latrell Sprewell team was pretty good, but that ended with him choking the coach.
0: Right, yeah. right. There's, um, yeah. There's like we believe, and then the Steph Dynasty. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> incredible. Uh, I, I though no, I
1: just I want to circle back because I did have a point before we sorry. Oh, the John, yeah, John Cotti. Yes. Yeah, yeah, sorry. back to John Cottie, No, sorry. I think one of like one of like the nice, pleasant surprises over this last you know eleven games that the Jazz have played really well in Colin not only has done a great job getting his buckets as he's always done, he's finally found a way to set the table for other people. Uh, No more, like no player has feasted more on that than Lowry marketing.
0: Correct. And, and to that point, I think that, like the jazz coaching staff sees the need for guys who are going to create their own shots, right? Yes. Uh, Because I mean, while Lowry being able to develop that would be great, I also think that the Jazz are like Lowry. I don't think that Lowry is going to be your number one guy forever, right? Like probably, he should, he
1: shouldn't he probably be. shouldn't. Like he's a very yeah. good,
0: he's a he's number a two, very guy. good
1: player, but I don't think that, like, I yeah, I don't think he's not a top ten guy, and it, like, and you need a top ten getaway for the last X number of years that we have seen uh championship teams whether it's the 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 warriors or the raptors or going back to the spurs and the heat and you know most recently with the bucks and the nuggets you need a top 10 guy you do yeah and while lowry is
0: excellent he's not a top 10 guy and i think outside of that right like so if you acknowledge that and recognize it then you also recognize okay like maybe that's not the guy that's going to like develop his own like creation right right and so the coaching staff has been working really really hard with Keontae so that he can shoot off the dribble yeah and making him not just a catch-and-shoot guy because catch-and-shoot guys the jazz have them like the jazz will be able to get them you can get those guys Mm -hmm. and so there there is like a, a a future thought for that and I think that you can see those little things that are starting to happen, things that are coming together. Um,
1: And I will say that I think there is a blueprint out there. I think that the Dirk comparisons to Lowry are are pretty apt. I don't think, obviously, that Lowry Markin is as good as Dirk Nowitzki. Let me go ahead and put that out there. But they have very similar games. They do. And the Dallas Mavericks did a phenomenal job. Putting players around Dirk Nowitzki that complemented his game while also making up for his weakness, like his lack of shot creation, his lack of handle, this and that. That's why you had a Swiss Army knife like a Sean Marion, and you had another Swiss Army knife guy and Jason Kidd, and you had a rim protector and Tyson Chandler, and you had a you know an off the ball catch and shoot guy like Jason Terry, and like so. What I'm saying is that the, the Jazz, I think, can follow that mold if they really want, you know, if they make the decision that like Lowry is our guy, which is up for debate. But if that's how they go, at least there's a blueprint there to build a modern NBA team around a player with a skill set.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the conversations that me and the other reporters were having after the game is like, we still don't really know what the jazz's plan is right Right. like yeah because right now we're still just waiting and Uh are they gonna go the full okc route and like maybe if it doesn't start working this year they're gonna tank and then tank again next year and continue to try to build to the draft that's risky because then you risk then you risk lowry's prime right right um And then you're on a timetable that's more like Walker and Keontae. Mm -hmm. And granted, Lowry is still just like 25, 26. But, you know, if you're waiting for next year's draft or the year after that, and then those players to get good, by that time, Lowry's 30, 31. Yeah. And so building through the draft.
1: But you're also then banking on... Larry Markinen re-signing and are you right. sure that after three, four, five years of being in the basement of the NBA that someone like Lowry, Markin, who realizes that he has a short window to be as good as he is and like, you know, the, the peak of his powers. Is right. he then going to want to resign with the Utah Jazz or is he going to want to go join a team that's a con- contending right now while he is at his best?
0: Right. And if that, that's a very interesting question that like I don't know the answer to, right? Like if right. the Jazz were like, we're going to give you $250 million and we need you to just like sit down for a couple of years like. That that amount of money is convincing. Sure. And so. um. Yeah, but things and... could also
1: change. She could sign that contract and become disgruntled. Like stranger yeah. things have happened in the NBA.
0: Yeah, um, what? that never are... happens.
2: Players always <laughs> they just, play out their contracts. Uh, they and play they out love... their contracts with the team they sign them with. <laughs>
1: yeah um melo anthony perfect example yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then the you know the other path is like okay are they going to make the big trade and of course you know everyone loves to talk about luca i i just want to say like i don't think
2: luca's no, not happening no way
1: no, there's there's no zero way. percent
0: of me that thinks that that will ever happen
1: i thought there was an outside chance this year if the mavericks imploded like i thought they were going to right but the mavericks are a pretty good basketball
2: Derek team, Lively's and, too good. Derek Lively's yeah, too good. Derek Lively's and, yeah. too
1: good. Uh, Frankly,
0: and Luca's people are too smart. Like, if Luca right. wants to go somewhere else, he can just play out his deal, and he will still be in his prime, and he, he can be the biggest free agent in the world. Yeah, yeah. like it, it's like, just not going to happen. Luca
1: might win the MVP this year. Like, he's got to be pretty close to. I mean, he's in the top three at least. He's yeah. averaging like. Thirty-four, nine, and eight. I think
0: I'm. It's, I'm gonna. I'm gonna insane. beat the drum. I think that. I think that Shay is above Luca this yeah, year, same. right now. Shay is awesome. So he's so good. He's so fun. Anyways, um, and so if the Jazz are you know waiting for the trade, like who is that, right? Like right. who who is the person that like they could get, God, and I'm then on, on the Jazz, it's like you either have to. Take a really big risk, like Zion, which feels that this was this was this was not my suggestion. this was suggested by someone else, and I was like, I, if it was me, absolutely not I zero times out of zero, but it's I, like if you have to give up just two firsts to get Zion and you still have like seven or eight firsts in the bank, do you hope that maybe in a couple of years Zion is actually for real?
2: I would bet on Zion if I were not the Utah Jazz. Um, if that makes sense. Like, there's just sort of...
1: He does not seem like a guy who would like Salt Lake City. Exactly. Right, but like, maybe
0: that's good for him, right? Just, I, seemed... I
1: question Zion's mentality. and Though you
0: comfort. can find an OnlyFans girl in
1: I... every city. Well, sure. I mean, yeah, he's got <laughs> enough money to buy some Draper girl at BBL,
2: but... <laughs> No, Zion is like the kind of guy who fails in Utah. Like, yeah, exactly. uh, But he's a guy who succeeds in Detroit or Chicago. Like, there's just a weird like I hate to always be this guy, but it's like it's like when Benedict Matherin was coming out. There's just certain stories that repeat themselves in the NBA. And it's like Benedict Matherin. I was like, oh. You mean a hyper athletic wing from Arizona? Yeah, that guy always works. There's always one of those guys in the NBA at all yes. times. And Yeah, yeah, like, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Uh a retread like a guy people thought they were a bust working in Chicago or Detroit always is happening, but not right. a, but uh Utah paying too much for that guy always fails. Utah or Portland. Right. Or uh, Minnesota, that never works. Just and like a, po- a power an all-star power forward, is going to get traded out of Minnesota every decade. That just is something that happens yeah. in the NBA. And <laughs> and
0: the Knicks will overpay for a big guy who has had exactly. too many injuries. Yes. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I also like,
1: just can I just say on record how much I hate Zion Williams. Yeah,
0: I also. I well, I mean when this was brought up. He
1: really is one of my least favorite players in the NBA right now. Not because I don't find him exciting, not that I don't find him electric.
0: It's because he's Derek Coleman 2.0. I got absolutely roasted when I said that I didn't believe in him, like he's from the get go, and I'd I've. I stand by everything that I've said about that, yeah i don't I didn't believe in him then. I certainly don't believe in him now i i if I was running a team, there is not a single chance that I would that I would bet on him at all like, I just million, wouldn't
2: do it million you know dollars should bet on him the san Antonio Spurs
0: <laughs> he that's actually like the it's not bad yeah. someone
1: like that would be yeah, he'd be awesome there and Especially so if you've got Victor Becky, you yeah. know. Right. Yeah, that would be in, in Popovich, something. Yeah, you need an organization like that for someone like that. But I, I could also see it going the opposite way and him quitting and pouting because it's too hard.
0: Right. Yeah. Here's and what's uh, going to
2: happen is I am telling you, OK, he's somehow going to get his contract voided or whatever.
0: Right. Someone's
2: just going to eat his money and then he's going to sign with the himself. Los Angeles Lakers for like three million dollars and be an all-star this is what happens to that kind of guy it's like again it's the repeating story of like oh bob mcadoo is somehow on the lakers why you know what i mean like bill uh, walton's a celtic yeah, exactly <laughs> it's just what happens with this kind of guy yeah <laughs> i mean i could
0: also see zion like getting bought out and then going on dancing with the stars yeah <laughs> <laughs> So that's no, a possibility. The
1: British baking show guy if anything.
0: Uh, uh, don't ruin don't don't ruin the baking show.
1: I'm for just going to I'm just going to say it and we can end it million dollar body 10 cent heart.
0: <laughs> um so, I mean, and that's the thing is, like, if you're not taking a huge, huge risk on someone like that, right, like betting on potential, then what you're hoping for, if you're a team like the Jazz, is you're hoping for another team to implode. And you're hoping that it's Boston and that they want to get up rid of Tatum. You're hoping yeah. that it's Phoenix and they want to get rid of Booker. Like, Booker. Well, that
2: are... looks like it could
1: happen. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. yes.
1: You know how funny that would be? I would love nothing more than Phoenix to implode and for Devin Booker to become a jazz man, just, just out of pure, sp- it's, it's like the same same situation as like the Ben Simmons trade that we talked about on the, right. on the Patreon. I would just love to see it as well as the jazz passing on, on Devin Booker for Trey Lyles. and
0: Right. I mean, but I think, that that's what you, i think if you're not gonna like wait and build like you're certainly not luring anyone here
1: no salt and lake so, is salt lake is never as much as as jordan clarkson and dwayne wade and ryan smith want to hype up this city and while i think that salt lake I is really really
2: forget dwayne wade it's
1: <laughs> i know he's a minority <laughs> owner but it's he... like as much as these guys you know and like as much as you want to pay Pat McAfee to go on a show and talk about how cool the in-game experience is, Salt Lake City is never going to be a cool city. It's never no. going to be in LA. It's never going to be a Chicago, a Miami, a New York. It's
0: just, never going to be a. It's never no. going to be a Dallas. Just because Travis Scott got, got it. drunk at the Delta Center does not mean like yeah, it's 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 not going to. And like Lowry Marketing can make three All-Star teams, and like he's not going to lure guys. to like, It's just the Utah Jazz don't have that luxury. And so that those are your options. You either have to go like full tank and try to rebuild through the draft exclusively or yeah. you have to use these picks that you've been stockpiling and then the question is like okay, do you use them now uh or and when I say now, I say it like now as in from now and within the next like 2 years, <laughs> right? Like but also
2: it, the question there's also a question about that, which is, does Danny Ainge have the, like, have that in him? Like, can does he, he have break the ex Can he break his, like, hoarder mentality yes. and actually trade the picks? Because he couldn't in Boston, and that was sort right. of part of the problem. Right. Right, um, right.
1: And then yeah. the second that they start making trades, they're the best team in the NBA. Big sigh.
0: It's so weird to me that Chris Dobbs has worked so well. It's, I, it's, not, it. I, that's yeah, it's not, I that's really weird to me. I haven't watched nearly enough Celtics games this year to uh to understand it. And so I'm I realize that I'm probably ignorant on that, but it just it's from the it outside, it's so weird.
1: Brings me no pleasure to report that they're <laughs> really good and really
0: fun. <laughs> yeah. Um we should also say, um, What an incredible disappointment from the Detroit Pistons that they beat the Toronto Raptors. Well, I mean, I mean, they set the record. But also the the Raptors
2: helped them.
0: They did not. They (laughs) they they set the single season record for consecutive losses. They tied the process Sixers for like complete exactly. consecutive losses they tied all they had to do was lose to the raptors that's all they had to do
2: yeah but the raptors helped them out
0: it's very annoying De- dealing yeah dealing <laughs> the, og and, and Delight, they just why?
2: didn't get the players back in time. like if, yeah. you know they should have made that trade a day later
0: yeah they should have they should have <laughs> thought about this they th- they should have thought how, about the fans how dare they yes how dare they
2: can we and, actually can we talk about that trade really quickly? And how
0: disappointing the, it was that uh, that OG fouled out and Tibbs couldn't run him into the ground in his first the game. Way,
2: the way Twitter <laughs> talked about that trade made me feel like I watch a completely different game of basketball.
0: Okay, air your grievances. Yeah.
2: Because, look, I'm not even, I want to make it clear, I'm not even a big OG Ananobi guy. Like, he's, okay. he's fine. He's like a really good, high-level role player. Yeah. But... Yeah. People were talking about trading him for multiple first round picks and the Knicks got him for uh, getting off R.J. Barrett's paying R.J. Barrett $30 million a year. Right. And a second round pick. And Twitter was like, love this deal for the Raptors. They got a manual <laughs> quickly. And I'm like. What are we talking about here? Like, Emmanuel Quigley is a good player, but if he played anywhere that wasn't New York City, no one would care about Emmanuel Quigley. It's like, what's his ceiling? Like, Lou Williams with slightly better defense? Like, that's a cool player, but, like
0: yeah i mean i I think the jazz the jazz really wanted emmanuel quickly when they were they were in discussions with new york uh with for donovan mitchell but Mm -hmm. i mean that was also a discussion that included like many first round picks and so like that's a a different that that makes quickly and anybody else you get back look a lot different when you are also getting back like high level assets too and so I mean, what what do we love about this for the Raptors? Like, what does the Raptors' future look like? Does, does the Raptors' future even include Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett at all? Like, what is this just like? I I it's confusing to me, honestly, for the Raptors.
2: Yeah, uh, I just again, I feel like we all have dunked on brain now. Um, yeah, like. <laughs> where... <laughs> 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 Uh, my
1: question to you guys is how do the Jazz get Pascal Siakam?
2: They don't. And,
1: and convince him to re-sign in Utah. They, they don't. I know, yeah. but come
0: on! Yeah, you gotta get someone that's got years on their deal. Yeah. <laughs> you got You gotta have at least, like, at least 2 3 years to convince someone to stay in Utah. How do the Jazz sign Luka Doncic or I don't know, Devin
1: Booker, like some top 10 guy? How do they sign Jason Tatum to a Shohei Ohtani contract?
0: Yeah, like a 64 year deal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> how do the yeah, how do the Jazz uh send uh, build a time machine and get 2012 LeBron James to sign for a decade plus?
0: let's see what is i actually don't know i'm gonna look up right now. they convinced
2: now. the Cavs to give gordon hayward that offer sheet a day earlier <laughs> yeah right remember remember <laughs> that's what actually yeah. happened there yeah um david griffin Man, was gonna sign gordon hayward and then all of a sudden lebron james wanted to come there <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's very funny the same david griffin who wrote comic sans like get the f- well, that's
2: not david griffin that's um dan gilbert david dan griffin gilbert. is the man who you're played correct. the piano for zion williamson
0: you're right you're right um. sorry a different dg <laughs> <laughs> um man devin booker's extension is through 28 God, that's that's the one
2: that is gotta- it is the one because they're all Kyrie, i mean Kyrie, katie is already sending up trial balloons that he wants to leave again yeah um and if that happens uh there's no way out for them like they've traded everything
0: didn't they like oh man it was I, i'm pretty sure that it was real sad days uh but like Bradley Beal came back and the Suns like beat the Blazers. And it was like that was like a celebratory moment for the Mm -hmm. Suns. It was like, oh, if this is if this is the big moment when you have KD and Devin Booker on your team, then like it is sad days. It
2: is. It is. Yeah. The funniest thing that could happen is Kevin Durant being traded to the Golden State Warriors for Chris Paul and Andrew Wiggins. That is the funniest thing that could happen right now. (laughs) Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> and I'm all I'm all for it. That would be incredible. It would be hilarious. But I yeah, wonder I think we're gonna I, I think just real quick, I mean the Phoenix Suns are gonna it, it, the way things are going, it looks like they're gonna become a case study in like not panicking and right s- seeing things through. Like you had a really good young team that made a finals, right? And like, I mean. Chris Paul at that stage of his career is a replaceable guy. You can find a Chris Paul type player for that team if you need
2: to replace but him. Also but also, Chris Paul is still good. Like he is good. I watch no, I mean, him every not night. And like, look, the Warriors have lots of problems, but none of them are Chris Paul. Sure, I'm not okay. Um, like I'm also say that he's not a
1: he's not a good player, <laughs> but. There is a problem if you are trying to make an NBA Finals or you're trying to win a title, relying on 48
2: year old Chris Paul. Right, but yeah, they would try- they'd be relying on Devin Booker, like he's if you're their trying- backup. You still need yeah. him to be healthy.
0: If you're trying to find a backup point guard who can't play in the playoffs, you can find him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's the point is like, yeah, Chris Paul was good for them. And then as he does, he did not play in the playoffs. Yeah.
1: But you had Cam Johnson and you had you had
0: Bridges. I know like... you had Bridges that that that's what sucks is like they, they, were, they were Crowder.
2: Like they were a team of like modern defensive wings. Yeah.
0: Who...
1: And an absolute flamethrower and Devin Booker.
0: Like yeah. they, they were they were so reactionary. Yeah to to their like quick success there like it was just like they they tasted the tiny uh, tiniest amount of success and they were so reactionary well it
2: wasn't even them they're a new guy just bought the team and i know that's and vivek did like
0: yeah yeah. he did yeah he
1: absolutely did you just could you imagine luka Doncic and devin booker being on the same team no, <laughs> no, I can't. What could have happened. That's what they get. That's what they yeah. get for not drafting
2: Luka. Could you imagine Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving being on the same team? Because they currently are, and I still cannot picture what that offense looks like in my brain.
1: It's so weird. It's so weird. Can we talk more about that game last night and how hilarious it was at the Jazz after getting just dismantled by 50 points come back? And when they win that game, Would they end up winning by like 32 or something like that.
0: And, and then it was a uh, 127 to 90, I think was the final.
1: Okay, I have a, I have a question for jazz fans. I'm, um, I, I wasn't in Salt Lake for new year's Eve. I was in bed by a little after 10 o'clock because old, I don't, yeah. I don't go, I don't go to parties. I very rarely go to bars. I was at um, a bar
0: and I bought a soda.
1: What club was Luka Doncic at? Yeah, incredible. Dude. Where was where was Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks participating in the famed Salt Lake nightlife?
0: So funny. So funny to see like the some of the Mavs writers <laughs> that were like tweeting and they were like, wow i guess uh the mavericks really did it up on new year's eve in check's notes salt lake city
2: <laughs> well to yeah, be what? fair are cigarettes cheaper in utah than they are in dallas because uh that that let's just say i've heard some luca things about uh that uh did he, he smoke he, three he, packs of cigarettes i was gonna new say year does year he eve? have what the... i'm saying
1: <laughs> has he been hanging out with vladi divak yeah. <laughs>
0: listen getting drunk and having a cigarette i can relate
1: yeah. <laughs> one of the one of the very few joys of life
0: <laughs> i it, listen in luca's defense like he was questionable heading into that game why are you
1: defending luca he doesn't do that himself
0: yeah i know uh but he was question. he's had like a quad problem and uh he was like limping and like He looked like he was legit in pain. And so it's like, yeah, he just doesn't have it. But that's also not helped if you're dehydrated. I'm also going to say,
1: you know, like I've been through the new dad phase of parenting. And when you get it, he got New Year's Eve off on the road. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he took advantage of that, man. Yeah. No, no crying baby. He's not having to wake up at two o'clock for feeding or changing or anything like that yeah he's he absolutely went out. I did I remember specifically the worst hangover I've ever had in my entire life mm-hmm. was this was like six months after uh my boy was born and uh, my kid had horrible colic. Uh, as well as acid reflux, which is like baby acid reflux. So he would do these crying fits for like four hours at a time. And it was was horrific, but anyway, like six months pass, I, I haven't really left the house. I'm sleeping in my car on my lunch break to just like (laughs) maintain sanity and not fall asleep at my desk. Um, so I go out with some friends for the first time again in in the better part of a year. And I get, I got loaded. (laughs) Just classic freshman of college, freshman of college, binge drinking ki- kind of night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I woke up the next day with the worst hangover of my life, and Lindsay had a bunch of errands to run, and I was on daddy duty. That was the agreement. Right. I get to go out with my buddies if I stay at home with the boy so that she can do her thing. And that kid cried for six hours straight.
0: <laughs> oh, man. And I like.
1: You. That is the closest I've ever had to actual ideations. Yeah, yeah, man, he really took you to the
0: brink. Didn't oh he? <laughs> yeah,
1: but that night, that night, that those like few hours of freedom at the bar—so good, so good, so yeah. much fun. Worth man. it. Worth it. Yeah. I don't know if I'd say it was worth it <laughs> yeah. in the moment, but though. in the moment, it was wonderful. And what <laughs> I'm saying is, is that like, I think that's what Luca did on New Year's. Eve.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh that's very fun. Good
1: Look, for can, him. I, can I talk about one other thing really quickly? Yes, please. About that I'm really loving, just just on the topic of the Jazz winning 8 of 11. Yeah. During our last pod, we had just talked, you know, the Jazz had just come off that victory against the the, the Brooklyn Nets where they looked really good. And since then, they have capitalized on exactly what we talked about in that, you know, the Jazz don't have that top 10 player. Mm-hmm. but they have been winning games by committee yeah and they seem like they've really not only they figured out how to play together you know guys are guys are stepping up we've already talked about Colin Sexton uh, ostensibly taking a leap we've mentioned Simone Fontacchio again and I think it's worth talking about him even more and just reiterating how he's good, good he looks yeah he's just like he's becoming that just prototypical role player you need a guy that can do a little bit of everything I, I'm loving his off the dribble game he's shooting 45 in the corner on threes which is like 98th percentile he just does a little bit of everything and his defense can't be overstated how good it's been yeah you know, he's not a shutdown guy but he's just such a willing defender he kind of feels like kind of in that like Joe Ingalls role in that like I think mostly you know, He's strong and he's big. (laughs) He's big and he's strong and he's athletic.
0: You know, Simone is a little bit of a thick Jack guy. Oh yeah. Good frame on that guy. Yeah. He's got a good frame.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I'm, you know, and I think another thing that we haven't touched on that I would like to talk about is that, you know, at the beginning of the season, we talked about, Oh, this team, this team is interesting from a roster construction. Like they got a lot of guys with experience who can, who can play ball. But how does it fit? Right. And I think we've seen for through this first, you know, third of the season, uh, Will Hardy having to put that puzzle together.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and like I really, really have to, you know, try to find lineups that not only have chemistry but can score and defend. And it seems like Will Hardy has finally figured out his rotations and his minutes.
0: Well, which and is a the, huge dividends. The funny part about that is, is like the thing that he's figured out about the rotations in minutes yeah. is that uh absolutely nothing stays the same No, right? Like, absolutely. He's like, oh, uh, Jordan's having a very good night. I'm going to play him for the final 17 minutes of this game. Jordan's Mm -hmm. not having a good night. Okay. Well, he won't close tonight. Okay. And he won't close the next night. He doesn't have it. Colin's having a really good game. All right. I'm going to put him in for a longer stint in the second and third quarter. Like every night it's just like, who's got it? And he's he's
1: writing the hot hand and it's really cool. It's really cool. Really, really
0: writing the hot hand. And I think that it's kind of taken some of the players a little bit like by surprise that they're not going to have the same minutes every night. They are not going to have like the rotations won't be the same. They won't go in at the same breaks or the same times that they thought that they were going to. Uh, When they go in, they might be in a different lineup than they have been literally all season. And they're playing in zone defense, which requires a ton of communication. If you don't know what those guys are doing, right? Like, so I think that he has wills kept everybody on their toes to the point that that players don't have a choice but play, to play together right in those situations if you start playing like isolation heavy you are you're straight up gonna lose like yeah. that, that's just not the situation that you can actually like iso in and i i think that wills accidentally stumbled upon a situation where like he can keep guys like colin and jordan in check or even and even john collins right uh-huh. if he keeps them on their toes enough then then they kind of like have to stick to the plan Mm
1: -hmm. well then i have a question for you sarah because you just said something that kind of struck me about will kind of falling into this you know whether by happenstance and I would I, I'd like to know, do you think that's really the case or is this just the end goal of what he talks about? Like if you want to play Utah Jazz basketball, right? You have to stay ready, you have to pass the ball, and you have to defend. Is that I mean, not I, like is that not right. like is that not the philosophy being manifested on the court?
0: Sure. I think I think it's a little bit of like, uh, if not A, then B, right? Like yeah. okay. I think sure. I think that if like I think that there was a moment at the beginning of the season where he was going to allow a hierarchy to create itself. Uh Uh-huh. Like he was going to listen, if you guys are going to show me that you're the five best players, then we'll do it that way. Right. Like I think that he allowed room for that to happen. And then when it was clear that like, and he was talking about this a little bit last night, like if you ask anybody to list the 10 best jazz players in order, probably everyone says number one, Lowry. Yep. And then there's going to be a lot of variance. A
1: lot of variance. And it's
0: going to depend on the day. Like, because uh, on on one day, number two might be Simone. Mm-hmm. On another day, it might be Colin. On another day, it might be Jordan. Like, it could yeah. be a lot of guys. Like, it's... there's going to be a ton of variance. Simone and... had 20 points last night. Right. He had four, ex- 14 like... in
1: the first quarter, right? Yeah. like and on, yeah. on, like, what was it? Like, five of eight from deep
0: or yeah. something like that? And so, like i i think that like will didn't necessarily like fall into this but i think that like he allowed a chance for guys to like prove that there was a hierarchy on this team and then when they proved they didn't he was like okay then we're gonna do it freestyle yeah and so and i think that he he likes this he likes like having guys prove themselves for minutes he enjoys that
1: But yeah, but I mean, and I just, I don't think the Jazz are a good enough team to really have that sort of hierarchy. Like you've got your your guy, but I said it on the last pod and I'll, I'll reiterate it. The best version of the Utah Jazz is the one that we are seeing throughout this current winning streak. And that is, this is a team that has to win by committee. Yeah, definitely. And it can't, you know, and like you, sure you want that consistency, but again, that's not always going to happen. You're going to have an off night. You're going to have a night where John Collins goes two for nine. But if Colin Sexton has a night that he goes twelve to sixteen. Yeah, twelve of sixteen and has a, has twenty seven points. And you know, and Simone Fontecchio hits a couple threes, and you know, Walker has a double double with three or four blocks. Like that's that's how this team wins. It's not right. it's not a star heavy team. I mean, the team that kind of comes to mind, which of course, again, I'm not making this comparison that they're they're equal, but it, it's kind of like it's got to be that kind of two thousand four Pistons esque, where everybody has their role, but different guys have to step up. Like one night it's Rasheed Wallace, one night it's Chauncey Billups, you know, Rip Hamilton has a game where he rips off 30 points or something like that.
0: Or that that Budenholzer Hawks team, yes Rank. exactly yeah like no jeff teague was not a number one option but on some days he was he was yeah and like
2: it's cool to um, see the jazz joe johnson was always a number one option i okay, just want to make okay. that clear
1: <laughs> even when but, joe johnson played you know, for the utah jazz seven number time number all-star future hall of famer
2: joe johnson Don't the best player in the day wrong in, the best
1: th- the best big three player in history <laughs> no but it it's just, it's cool to see the Jazz have that flexibility. I mean, historically, the Jazz have had exceptionally rigid coaches. Oh, 100 percent Yeah. Especially with Jerry Sloan and Quinn Snyder. And
0: especially and, when it comes to hierarchy.
1: Yes, absolutely. Like it yeah. was, you know, the the late think about the 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 last iteration of the Utah Jazz. That was Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley's team. Yep. And even
2: and though the Rudy of... Gobert was the one uh, putting up triple doubles in the playoffs. I mean, Ru- <laughs> uh, sorry, Ricky, Ricky, Rubio oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, like he was he, Quinn was so unwilling to change things like to a point where
1: that I mean, it became to a, completely detrimental and yeah, it, it absolutely to was the team.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, I've got to say basically this entire conversation you guys have been talking about is uh. Uh the Jazz have the same exact problems as this current iteration of the Golden State Warriors, except your coach is willing to ride with it and the Golden State Warriors one is not. That is exactly yeah. what you're talking about. What's wrong yeah, with letting
1: and Steph shoot 45 times a game?
2: That's not that's not I the know. what's wrong. What's wrong is he's loyal to Kevon Looney, who is literally like a minus eight hundred on the season. Uh he'll let Clay Thompson do whatever he wants while benching Moses Moody. Like, he just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, And there's a reason he's loyal to those guys, but it's literally ruining Steph Curry, the end of Steph Curry's career at this point.
0: Yeah, and that's why I mean, so much credit has to go to Will Hardy for like you know, on a night when John Collins like isn't playing well, it doesn't matter that they're beating the Spurs and that they're and that they're gonna win the game. John's not gonna come back into yeah, the game because he didn't have John it. Or that John is
2: making twenty five million dollars. Exactly. Like, right. Yeah. Yes. It,
1: there's. It doesn't seem like in Will like Will Hardy does not seem beholden to any sort of like unwritten rule yeah. or hierarchy or no it does not like, seem like he, being... he doesn't seem to care about like paychecks or it rules prestige. he rules
2: it's great like yeah he would jealous he would, I'm have jealous. A he would uh-huh. sit
1: if Lowry Markinen had a game just just hypothetically where he was two of eighteen with seven turnovers, he would bench larry marketing down the stretch of that i
0: game. mean there was a recent game that like i mean l- granted like Lowry was in foul trouble a little bit but also like Lowry could not find the bottom of the net at all yeah. and will sat him down for like an extra four minutes uh-huh he was just like you need I to just, take a beat
1: i just i i ultimately this is a really roundabout way of saying i'm loving the freedom the jazz are playing with i'm loving the the connectivity the chemistry that we've all been searching for we're finally getting that and like it's fun basketball to watch yeah like there's just i think like there are certain things you can usually bet on lowry getting his 20 and 10 sure you can usually bet on you know walk walker kessler playing pretty stout defense in the paint like there there are certain things but like it is a bit of a dice roll to see who's going to have the hot hand out of the rest of the rest of the players. And it's
0: yeah. Just, Cause it's it's a, is Kelly Olenek going to score 27. Right. right. Cause like, yeah. yeah, that can happen. Is
1: yeah. Is Simone Fontecchio going to go seven of nine from three point land? Like right. is Colin Sexton going to have a 30 burger? Like it's just, it's cool to see, you know, is Jordan Clarkson going to have a triple double.
0: Right. To I bring think it, to bring it full circle. I was my final question before we close this out is, you know, I, before the season started, uh, we obviously had, like, clear expectations for this team. And I absolutely stand by, like, those are the expectations that should have been set for this team. Like, yes. that's, that absolutely, I think, still is correct. They should have gone into the season thinking, like, we are a play-in at worst team. Yeah. Um, then, pretty quickly, they were just bad. Um, mm-hmm. Today, do you think that this team... What is your opinion of this team today? My opinion
1: of this team is they can reach what I thought they could. I I don't think that they're going to have. I think I had them at like 44 and 38. Yeah. Like, should they
0: be a play-in team?
1: But I do think, yeah, I said this team is the ninth best team in the Western Conference. I think this current iteration, the way they're playing is, is that. You know, I think they have some ground to make up and they might be playing like the fifth or sixth best team in the end or in the, in the Western conference, but that, you know, we're also talking about the third of the season that's gone by where they were quite bad. Uh, so, yeah, I think they can, I think if, if they continue this play for the rest of the season, which is a huge question mark. And we also don't know like who's going to get traded and what the sure. team ends up looking like, but yeah, currently if in a bubble. Yeah. Today, yes. Today, I think they can reach a play in game
0: yes absolutely. joey my question to you is who who ends up with a better record the warriors or the jazz
2: i think the jazz are gonna trade veterans at the deadline because that's danny ange's thing and i Demo. think the warriors are gonna trade for veterans because they don't have a draft pick this year um yeah um i weirdly think the warriors are going to make some kind of splashy annoying move that won't make them better but it'll make them better than the team that sold i don't think it'll make them happy but they're going to trade for like zach levine or pascal siakam or something it's going to be annoying and weird um i was gonna say
1: john collins you are a warrior yeah
2: what seriously (laughs) like they could be yeah um but The Warriors are in desperation mode and the Jazz are not, so I sort of think the Warriors are gonna have a better record because Danny Angel loves to sell Um, I agree with that.
0: Yeah, they're Um, one I think there's they're one game separated in the standings right now. The Warriors are a game ahead of the Jazz.
2: I mean, uh, also to be fair, the Warriors' second best player has only played in like eight games this season. Um, and yeah. will come back at some point.
0: Um, Who are we calling their second best player? Right now? Is Green. it still Draymond? Draymond okay, Green
2: is their best is their second best player? Like they, he just is. Like are they? You have are, to deal gonna, with it. But the they're going to trade it. Draymond
0: this year or over the summer.
2: I don't think it's going to be Draymond. I think He's they're stuck gonna be with Draymond. Uh no, I think Clay will sign for some kind of crap Discount. deal. Yeah, he it's yeah. gonna have to be, and they're gonna trade Andrew Wiggins either at yeah. the deadline or at, yeah. the, at summer. Chris Paul is gonna get traded at the deadline, would be my guess, and then Wiggins this summer. That's my guess.
0: Uh, do we believe at all in uh the the Rockets, the Pelicans, or the Lakers? No
2: uh rockets no pelicans use sorta um lakers look again i'm talking about repeating storylines right that always happens with the anytime the yeah. lakers are in this yeah. position uh they make a somebody saves, trade. saves them and yeah. it's 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 something that doesn't make any sense everyone is really confused yeah. it's like they got pal gasol for kwame brown what yeah exactly. and that's gonna happen again it's yeah. just like last year where they made all those trades and like all of a sudden, hey, they're good.
1: Yeah. Um, Christian. Yeah. Christian Wood and um, Rui Hachimura. Yeah. Rui yeah. Hachimura for Pascal Siakam. Exactly. It's yeah. Yeah.
2: But it won't even be Pascal si- Siakam. It'll be something that doesn't make any sense that people didn't realize. It'll be like, they got Michael Bridges?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, it turns out the Grizzlies traded them Desmond Bain. Yeah, like that's what exactly. it's gonna be exactly. it be like what, yeah 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 yeah, yeah and then desmond
1: bain <laughs> spends you know the the february through may shooting 52 yeah. percent on a break three yeah and
2: makes the hall of fame out of nowhere yeah. all of a sudden <laughs> it's just that's what right. happens to the lakers
1: yeah
0: all right let's put a bow on it uh, you guys know what to do: rate, review, subscribe, download, do all of the things. Subscribe to the Patreon, please. You can follow Greg, Greg, Greg. <laughs> you can follow I'm, Greg. I'm, gra- I'm Greg Faster. <laughs> you can follow Greg at Dad Cham Dad. You can follow me at NBA Sarah. You can listen to Joey's other podcast, Roundball Rock. And we will talk to you next time.
2: I am Greg. Greg. <laughs> Greg. <laughs>